a good and a faithful and a fast God. Amen. And Pastor Rob requested that song, but I'll go a step deeper than that. Dave and Mike didn't know it, but the Master requested that song. And how I come about the Master requesting that song, two times this week, parishioners text me the YouTube video to watch that song. And two other times in person, somebody has mentioned that song. And I just figure when something's mentioned to me, text to me that many times, I ought to just be still and say, hey God. Is there something up with that song that needs to be shared with all? And when I done that yesterday evening, that's exactly what happened. That song talks about God being good, God being faithful, and God running. And maybe you've never done it, but I would challenge you to think about that song in light of... Psalms 53, verses 2 and 3. Now, I want you to use your sanctified imagination when I read these two verses to you. Psalms 53, 2 says, God looks down upon the children of men. So in eternity past, you got your sanctified imagination on? God Almighty leaned over the portals of glory and He looked down. You got that? God's got eyes. He looked down. So has everybody got a visual? God leaning over the portals of glory. He's looking down on the children of men. That'd be us. Why was he looking? It tells us in verse 2. I'm going to look down, I'm going to lean over, and I'm going to look to see if there's any who understand who seek God. Okay, we've got him looking. Now we know why he's looking. Is there anybody down there that understands or seeks me? Now, verse 3 tells us exactly what our God who was leaning over and looking to see if anybody understood who sought God, now it tells us what he's seen. Every one of them has turned aside. Time out. Do you know what everyone means? Every person he's seen. 100% of the crowd. Not 90 not 95, not even 99.9. God, when He leaned over and He looked down to see who would understand, who would seek God, 100%, they had turned aside. They wasn't faithful. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. He's looking over. He says, no, not one good person. So I want you to think about this. God leans over the portals of glory to see if there's anybody that would understand or seek or want a relationship with Him. 
And when he'd done that, they'd all turned aside, they'd all become corrupt, and there is none, no, not one who does good. Now, if you'd have been God, would there ever been that first Christmas? Let that sink in. If you'd have been God, you leaned over the portals of glory, you saw what he saw, would there have ever been that first Christmas? Aren't you glad you're not God? Aren't you glad your preacher's not God? Because after even seeing that, guess what he did? He still come on down to prove to us that the songs of that, the words of that song is true, but more importantly, the words of the book, the Bible, are true. He's good, he's faithful, and he runs after us. Amen? I believe God laid that song on my heart. People brought it to me to simply preach three points from that song. If you're ready for them, say, I am. Number one, it shouldn't surprise you from that song. Let me just remind you the words of that song. Sometimes we don't get them when we sing them. We have somebody to speak them. Before, before I speak them, it started out, I love you, Lord. Your mercies never fail me. All of my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness of God. All of my life, you've been faithful. All of my life, you've been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Let this next line get a hold of you. I love your voice. You've led me through the fire. In the darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. Yes, I have lived in the goodness of God. Your goodness comes running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. I'll stop there. We'll get the rest of the song at the end. So with that song, three points. The words are true. They all are biblical. Point number one, if you're ready for it, say I am. God is good. All the time. God is good. He looks down... And he sees none good, no, not one. That's why the Bible says in Mark chapter 10, verse 18, there is none good but one, and that is God. Remember when the rich young ruler come and said, Good teacher, he said, Why do you call me good? There is none good except God. You know what Jesus just let that rich young ruler know? There's only one who is good, and that's God. You just called me good, and I am God. I can't preach it. I don't understand it. But I'm telling you what Jesus just said. Hey, you called me good. That means I'm God. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus that stood before that rich young ruler, Jesus was there in front of him, fully man, as if he was no God. But when he 
he said there's not good but one good and that's God. He just said I'm fully God as if I was no man. That's what he said in Mark chapter 10 verse 18. I can't grasp that and I don't think you can either. But what he said is there is absolutely no one who is good minus one and that's God. That's what he saw when eternity passed when he looked over. So in Exodus 34, 6, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, listen to this, long-suffer, abounds in goodness and truth. Psalms 25, 8 says, God, or good and upright is the Lord. And if you're here today, and you've yet to taste the Lord, you ought to heed Psalms 34. Because it says, why don't you taste and see that the Lord is good. I love when my family takes a bite of something and it ain't no good. And they go, ugh, taste this. And I say, the look on my face says no. The look on your face tells me I don't want to taste it. And they'll get plumb mad at you. Because you won't taste it. Are we not just silly people? Come on. But folks, when we taste the Lord, we don't have no bitter look on our face. Man, we taste, we see He's good. And I don't know of anybody that's tasted of the Lord that hadn't agreed He's good. And then I want to just point out a couple of things under the point God is good. He's good in creation. And men, you ought to be glad that after He created everything and He saw it, it was very good. About 18 verses, he shook his hand. He said, it's not good. I want you to get this. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. 31 verses in Genesis chapter 1. And what happens in verse 31? God saw everything that he created, right? As he looked at it, and he didn't only say this is good. Indeed, this is very good. That's what he said. Then we begin Genesis chapter 2. You with me? Adam, he's, he's naming, the, naming the animals and what have you. Eighteen verses later when he saw creation that it was very good. In, in, in verse 18 in chapter 2, And the Lord God said, It is not good. It's not good that man should be alone. So what he realized is I, I like one more thing for this to be really good. So if you read a few verses later, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And my Bible says, and he slept. We'll stop just a minute. You women... You men sleep through everything. You need to get with God. And he slept. Don't be, if you want to argue about us men sleeping through everything, argue with the one that created us that way. He slept. And while he slept, God took a rib, closed up the flesh in its place, and the rib which the Lord God taken from man, he made a woman and brought him to the man. Now, I don't know about you men, and I had to admit it with my wife present in the first service. 
But I sure am glad that God, after saying it was very good in verse 31, I'm very glad that 18 verses when he said high and look low, he said it's not good. I like one thing. And I sure am glad that he realized there wasn't there was something not good and that was men was going to be alone and he needed a helper. I thank God that he was good enough to create everything, but thank God he created the woman. And men, whether you want to do it or not, you ought to be saying Amen. And I and, and let me just throw this in there because I thought of my brother Tony Mack right here. Now Tony Mack, there ought to be a gospel according to Tony Mack in the Bible, but it ain't made it yet. See, previous to this right here, God was bringing every one of the animals, every bit of His creation to Adam. Do you know why? Do you know why? Why do we call a horse a horse? Because Adam called a horse a horse. Why do we call a deer a deer? Because Adam called a deer a deer. Why do we call a bass a bass? Adam called a bass a bass. Do you realize that Adam gave the names? Do you realize that? So, according to Tony Mack, and it's the gospel, it's got to be, it come out of Tony Mack's mouth. According to Tony Mack, Adam got put to sleep by God. He got a rib taken out of him, and the Lord God turned that into a... And so just as we'd previously read right in front of that, God brings everything to Adam so he can. So Adam's waking up like you men do of a morning. This is according to Tony Mack. Whoa, man! And that's where she got her name. Adam named every beast of the field, and I've got a beast for a wife, and he named her. Amen. Now, that's, I said that earlier, and they said, can beast not be a good thing? He's a beast on the field. He's a beast in the roping pen. Come on. He's a beast on the court. My wife is a beast in our family. She's the one that holds it together. Amen. I sure am glad that he looked down and saw it was very good. I'm sure a few, I'm glad, sure am glad a few verses later. He said, well, I like just a little. It's not good that man be alone. All you men ought to look over your ladies and say, God was good in creation. Sorry, ladies, I tried. Not only was he good in creation, he was good in salvation. Now listen to this. I want you to listen to these next several verses, and there's more than this. I just finally give up, didn't have enough lead in the pencil to write them all. First Chronicles 16, 34, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. Ezra 3, 11, unfaithful nation in that of Israel, for He is good, His mercy endures forever. Ask Israel about His mercy. They'll tell you, yeah, He was very merciful. He is very good. What about Psalms 23, the last verse? That'd be verse 6. Surely His goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. Psalms 100, verses 4 and 5. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good and His mercy is everlasting. 
Now, I want you to think about, I said He's good in salvation. We often think of grace. But all these verses talk about He's good in His mercy. Oh, He's good in His grace. And the definition of grace is He gives us something we don't deserve. But these verses says He's good in salvation, not talking about grace, talking about mercy. And the definition of mercy is not Him giving us something we don't deserve. If you listen and say, I am. Mercy is Him withholding something from us we do deserve. Boy, He's good in that of salvation. He's good in that of mercy. And let me just tell you this. Aren't you glad He's God? And aren't you glad He's merciful? And aren't you glad He don't give us what we deserve? And aren't you glad that your maybe even spouse, neighbor, family is not God? Because they're not very merciful. And whether you want to admit it or not, more times than not, we want people to get what they deserve. You want me to make a point in case this week? There's a guy out in western Oklahoma that I buy alfalfa hay from and have bought it from him for at least four years. Last year, I not only bought his hay... There was an abundance of hay. I bought all 14 semi-loads at 170 to 180 a ton. Give him my word, took me a while to get it hauled out there. June-ish, July-ish, it dawned on me, we may be dry. I better call my alfalfa man. I called him, and he said, Rob, you ain't going to believe this. I've got one load. He said, you've been faithful to, to buy my hay. You've been a man of your word. It's yours if you want it. But he said, I will tell you. I said, you don't have to tell me nothing. Fuel's higher. Fertilizer's higher. Seed's higher. Just before I say I'll take it, go ahead and give me the price. He said, 250 a ton. And I said, I'll take it. Two loads had done been dropped in my barn for 255 and 265. Look here. I said, do I need to come and get that right now? And here was his words. I figured out you're a man of your word. You can leave it till January if you want. Just come and get it when you need it. Well, I watched Hay go from 250 to 300 to 350 to 400. I've watched alfalfa hay be priced at sometimes five hundred dollars a ton and when i saw that i would make that call out west and i'd say if i need to come and get that hay let me know he said you can leave that hay till january if you need to so about two three weeks ago i called him and said well my hired hand's going to go back to south dakota weather permitting for christmas is it all right for us to come in january or to if we need to, I can get him out there before he goes home for Christmas. He said, I'm going to be gone a big part of January. Why don't you try to send him before Christmas? So early last week, I called him and said, Eli will be out there Friday if that works. He said, that works. And I got a little bit of shocked what come out of his mouth next. I guess you're going to split the difference with me? I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, I've been offered 400 a ton for it. 
And he said, so between 250 and 400, I guess we'd be somewhere around three and a quarter a ton. I said, sir, why don't you just sell your hay to the highest bidder? Appreciate you. Click. I drove about 10 more miles, and I got thinking how that might go on the other end, him dialing somebody, saying, hey, so-and-so, my buyer backed out on that hay. Just wanted to tell you, if you still want it for 400 a ton, you can have it. So I thought about that. I was at a stop sign up there, and I just decided to go ahead and text. Bob, would you just do me one favor? The next old boy you call and try to sell that hay to, please don't tell him the buyer backed out because my name and my word mean something. Just tell him you decided to sell it to the highest bidder. Thank you, Rob. I didn't get mean. I didn't get ugly. I just want him to be sure and not tell him this guy backed out. I ain't heard here, heard whatever that saying is. I ain't heard from him. Hiding her hair. I ain't heard hiding her hair of him. But I want you to look up here and I want you to listen to me. I drove about five more miles than the matter I got. And it's a long ways to where them that, that 25 ton of hay is. And I just said, Lord, it's too far for me to drive out there, but if you see fit, just go ahead and burn his hay. <laughs> now listen, it didn't stop there. I simply said, because that's what he deserves. Don't you ever forget when you say something like that, that somebody's wronged you? Just be still and listen, because the Lord might whisper back, if I burned his hay, I'd have to burn a bunch of your stuff, boy. Whew. Folks, boy, we're quick to want somebody to get what they deserve, aren't we? But I'm thankful God don't give them what he deserves because if he give them what they deserved, it wouldn't be long. I'd be getting what I deserve. And then when we run on to somebody and we shake that hand and we say, how you doing? How many's ever heard somebody say, better than I deserve? I want to give you a little lesson right here. You shake somebody's hand. You ask them how they're doing. They say, good, I'm doing okay. Well, I'm doing, not doing so good, yada, yada, yada. All of those answers, you have no, absolutely no idea if they've been truthful with you. But when you shake somebody's hand and you say, how you doing? And they tell you, I'm doing better than I deserve. I want you to write this down. They have spoke the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Because every one of us are doing better than we deserve. And it's simply because He is good and His mercy endures forever. Amen? But look here. Not only is God good in creation and salvation. Boy, He's good in storms. Nahum, the minor prophet with the major message, chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, because he knows who trusts him. The Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows who trusts him. Did you catch what come after that first course? I love your voice. You know what he's talking about there? Talking about when the storm comes. If you don't think that, I love your voice. You've led me through the 
You think he ain't talking about the storm, the songwriter? I love your voice. You've led me through the fire. In the darkest night, you are close like no other. Think that songwriter wasn't talking about a storm? I've known you as a father, and I've known you as a friend. When everybody look up here, you've been through a storm? Don't you love the voice of God? In the midst of the storm raging, can you say with the songwriter, I love your voice. You've led me through the fire. In the darkest night, you're closer than no other. Now look up here. I know what happens in storms. Death, disease, despair. I watch family and friends rally to those people who's going through it. They get close to them and they try to, try to bear the burdens, try to walk them through it, right? Now aren't we thankful for family and friends that do that in the storms? But you write this down and you write her down big. There's nobody that will get closer to you in a storm than that of a good God. I love His voice. And I love it because He'll walk you through the fire and in the darkest night, He'll get close like no other. Amen. So listen to me this morning. God is good according to the Scriptures. He's a good creator. He's a good teacher. He's a good shepherd. He's a good father. He's a good friend. And He's a good giver because every good and perfect gift come from above. And I want to tell you, He is a good God even when He looked down and there was none good. And we ought to give Him praise with every breath that we have for His goodness. Amen. God is good. And you can write this down if you want to. We're not. But then the second point I would preach from this song is God is faithful. Psalms 53 said there was none good, no, not one. But when he looked down, it said everyone who has turned aside. That means when he looked down, not everybody was faithful to follow him. Now, I want you to listen real close. In my study early this morning, I decided to look up the definition of faithfulness. And I got three. And I mean all three of them are a definition of God. Definition number one. You ready? Say, I am. Lasting loyalty and trustworthiness in relationships. Let me read it again. Lasting loyalty and trustworthiness in relationships. Now, I'm going to tell you guys something I know about you, whether you want to agree with it or not. Are you ready for those couple of things? Number one, if you are saved, born again, you're in a relationship with God. You, if you are saved, you don't have religion. You've got a relationship with a good and a faithful God. You're in a relationship. That's the first thing I know about you. You ready for the second thing I know about you? You've not been faithful in that relationship. Dad, gummit, you said that first thing you knew about us was all right. That second thing you say you know about us, it's true. It's the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And I know it because I know it about myself. We've not been loyal and we've not been trustworthy in that relationship. So that first definition, it defines God. And sad to say, it don't define any of us. Because we've been unfaithful in that relationship to God. Definition number two, you ready? The fact or quality of being true to one's word or commitment. 
Let me say it one more time. The fact or quality of being true to one's word and commitment. You with me? Right there's his word. In it, it says he cannot lie. In it, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, every promise, every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Right there's his word. And in his word, it's a fact, it's a quality, and he is true to this word and his commitment. So with that being said... Let me ask you, anybody within the sound of my voice ever give God their word on something? Anybody find themselves struggling a little bit, needing a blessing from God, going through that storm? Has anybody within the sound of my voice said, God, boy, if you can do this and you can do that, I'll tell you what I'll do. Man, you give him your word. You give him your commitment, huh? Let me just ask you, how many of you has been true to your word and true to your commitment? Not one time have you failed what you told God you'd do. I think 100% of us have to raise our hand and say, I don't have that fact or quality about me. I've broken my word and commitment to God. God's faithful. Have you figured out by the first two definitions of faithful, we're not? You ready for definition number three, or have you had enough? <laughs> Two's enough, Lord. Back off. We'll be back next Sunday. Being dedicated and steadfast in performing one's duty. Being dedicated and steadfast performing one's duty. Have you been dedicated and steadfast to your duty in serving the Lord or is there times you've let Him down? He's never let you down. But we've let Him down. Folks, what I'm getting at is the children of Israel, they was unfaithful. It didn't change the faithfulness of God. Abraham was unfaithful. It didn't change the faithfulness of God. David was unfaithful. It didn't change the faithfulness of God. Peter was unfaithful. It didn't change the faithfulness of God. You and me, we are just like them men. We put on our pants just like they did one leg at a time, and we're just like them. We're unfaithful. And aren't you glad here this morning that when we are not faithful, we have a God who is faithful? Listen, in the relationship we have, with him he is faithful to his word that he has given us and he is faithful to carry out the duties or commitment that he said he would perform that means when he said a virgin shall conceive he was faithful to perform that duty when he said a child is given he was faithful to perform that duty when he said i come to die for mankind's sins on an old rugged cross no man took his life he laid it down for us are you with me he was faithful to his duties even when we ain't and listen he is faithful this very moment to pray for this young preacher boy i ain't young no more pray for this preacher boy when i preach here because he forever leads, lives to make intercession he's doing just what he said he'd do right now and let me just encourage encourage you just a little bit here this morning one day he says i'm coming back and because he said i'm coming back he's faithful he's dedicated and soon and very soon jesus is coming again
Amen. That's the reason we ought to be every breath in us singing about the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Aren't you glad when we realize we're not faithful? We can confess our sins to Him who is and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Point number three, it's all in the song. God is good. You can write it down if you want to. We're not. God is faithful. Write it down if you want to. We're not. God is fast. We're not. Now, preacher, where'd you get he's fast? Well, when he looked down in Psalms 53, he says, I'm looking if anybody understands or seeks God. Isaiah said, you heard it recently, they hide from me, they run from me. Romans 3 says, none seek God, no, not one. Folks, when God come, the Bible says he was rejected by, he come to his own and his own rejection. We didn't run to him. We run from him. Do you understand that? And when I say God is fast, aren't you glad his goodness is running after? It's running after us. Aren't you glad his goodness is running after? It's running after us. Aren't you glad God is faster than us? Because let me tell you, if he wasn't faster and more patient in his pursuit of us, not a one of us would escape hell and make heaven. Because we wasn't running to him. We was running from him. I'm glad God's fast. And I'm glad he's persistent in his pursuit. Because we wasn't seeking him. He's running after us. And I got thinking about Slick, Oklahoma. I'm looking for my calf ropers. Are you kidding me? They're unfaithful today. Slick Oklahoma used to be one of the biggest calf ropings they had. But let me tell you what happened at one of the biggest calf ropings they had. They'd bring beer. And before you know it, not everybody there, but lots of them would have too many beers. And when you get to a big old calf roping and a big portion of the crowd gets too many beers, this calf roping gets sidetracked. Somebody would get to feeling pretty good. And they'd look at a couple of ropers, and they'd look at one of their other drinking buddies, and they'd say something like, I tell you what, I believe old Steve can outrope old Mark. I got a thousand says he can. And that old boy looked at him, and he looked old Steve and Mark over, and he said, well, I got a thousand that says Mark can outrope Steve. And so we'll put the calf roping at Slick on a halt, and we'll have a match roping in the middle. And then it don't go how one of them wants it to come out. And, and the roping started back. Are you with me? The roping started back and them same old boys said, Well, I'll tell you what, Mark might have beat him in roping, but I'll tell you what, you break this thing down. And I'll tell you what, I've got another thousand that says Mark can't beat Steve just tying. I mean, if Steve wouldn't have missed that calf, he'd have beat him like a drum. So we stopped the roping and now we don't have to rope them. We're just going to tie one of the posts and we're going to have a match tying. I mean, the calf roping's got blown plumb up by now. Well, then they all get to talking. Look here. And old Mark beats Steve not only in the roping and the time. I'm sorry, Steve. That's just how the story come out today. 
Just your luck, isn't it? But that old alcohol, one old boy's 2,000 down, the rope and started back, and that old boy steps up there. I said, well, I'll tell you what. Mark make him beat him roping, and Mark make him beat him tying, but I bet he can't beat him in a foot race. So now we've loaded the horses. The calves are in the trailer, and the arena where we once rode calves is a track. And I'm telling you, I've seen more foot races in slick arena than I've seen around the tracks, around football fields. And there's a couple people that I've seen in them races, been in a couple of them myself, but there's a couple people I never saw got beat there. And I began to think about them when God is fast. I thought about them old boys that didn't look like they could run a lick but outrun everybody. There's one they can't outrun, and they better be glad they can't outrun him. That's God. And I begin to think about that when God is fast. And then yesterday, I'm feeding cattle, and I'm pulling out my rent pasture. And this time of year, you see them often. They're kind of a greenish-brown truck, like a van. You see a bunch of them from about November 15th to, to around Christmas. You know what I'm talking about? UPS. Come on, guys. They fly up and down the roads this time of year. I can't believe you guys didn't get that. And so it's just like God to blow one of them trucks past me on a dirt road. And the guy, the UPS guy, is in a sock cap and a hoodie, but he's got the door open in this big brown van, and he's got on shorts. And so I spent the rest of the day feeding cattle saying, God, why would you let that happen to me? Why? I can't even get my mind on the cattle or nothing else wondering why that goofball's wearing a sock cap and a hoodie and he's got short britches. I mean, I reasoned all afternoon why the short britches. And I thought, maybe he's just running so hard this time of year. Maybe they started out early this morning with pants. Maybe he's wore that off. I, don't, I mean, I had to let it go finally, Kelly. And then wouldn't you know it, about the time I let it go, I pull into Dano's. That's a convenience store in Tahlequah. They got good hot links. I pull in there, and I'm standing in line, and wouldn't you know it, I look around behind me, and there's the FedEx man. And something dawned on me. I've never seen a fat UPS man. I've never seen a fat FedEx man. So on the way over here this morning, I thought to myself, I'm going to get on Facebook, and I'm going to give a diet plan that don't include exercise, that don't include pills, and I'm going to make this long Facebook page, and I'm going to get filthy dog rich. If you want to lose weight... Fill out an application, go to work for UPS or FedEx. I've never seen a fat FedEx or UPS men driver. And after I said that early this morning, I had two men, God help our men, come and said, do you have some applications for FedEx? And I said, after I just talked about the creation of woman, well, they just need to lose a little bit of their creation, they said. I've got plumb sidetracks. Anybody remember where I was at? So I turn around to this FedEx man, and it dawns on me. I've never seen a fat one. And I says to him, waiting to pay for my hot link, I says to him, I bet they got you running hard this time of year. He looked at me, and he grinned. He said, you see all this gray? He said, I don't run no more. He said, we're having long days right now, and I appreciate this. Now, I may kill somebody's dog after this conversation because you know what he said to me? He said, buddy, if you see me running, shoot the dog. It's after me. (laughs) Maybe that's why they wear shorts. It's all coming together, isn't it? Look here. 
Have you ever heard that saying? You ask somebody, do you run? Do you exit? And, and I've heard it before. If you see me running, there's something after me. I want you to listen to me. You've run. It ain't a dog. It ain't a robber. Now, some of you may run from a dog or a robber. May run from the police. I'm not going to say Steve anymore. I've done been hard enough on Steve. Listen to me. Maybe you've not run from any of the above, but you have run from God. And you better, with every breath that you're able, give him thanks for his goodness. Because he's fast, and he's faithful, and he's good, and he never stops pursuing those who are not pursuing him. Amen? I'm going to close this sermon with this. How many of you has been an exciting Southeast Baptist church long enough to know if this pastor behind the mic is preaching and he runs on to a certain word, he says, we got to stop and we got to find out why this word is there. Does anybody know what that word is? Shout it out loud. Therefore. If you've been around here any length of time, you've heard this preacher, any time he comes to a therefore in the Bible, we've got to stop long enough to see why it's therefore. And how many of you have learned that a therefore in Scripture is real simple? It ties what has just been said to what's fixing to be said. As I wrote down the lyrics of this song, it needs a therefore. Because what it says at first needs to be tied to what it says in the middle. Are you ready for this? Let me show you where the therefore goes. I love you, Lord. Your mercies never fail me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing. Of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You've led me through the fire. In the darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. I have lived, where? In the goodness of God. All of my life, you've been faithful. All of my life you've been so, so good. With all of my breath I will sing of the goodness of God. Because your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. There needs to be a therefore. Right there. Because everything that that songwriter just wrote is true. He's good, he's faithful, and he's fast. Therefore, what's been said ought to be tied to the next three lines. Therefore, with my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything.
There ought to be a therefore in that song, shouldn't there? Because he's good. Because he's faithful. And because he's fast. Therefore, we, with our life laid down, surrender now and give him everything. See, one Tuesday morning, I'd spent 30 years of not being good. Can I get an amen, James? For 30 years, I'd not been faithful. And I can get an amen. And for 30 years, I've been running from, not to. And one Tuesday morning, you know who showed up in the truck? A good and a faithful, and don't ever forget this, a fast God. And he let me know, you can't outrun me, boy. And so I still remember the spot. Me and Bo passed it on the way to Coffeyville Stockyards. And every time I pass it, I just thank God. I pulled over. And a no good, unfaithful, and found out slower than I thought, Rob Pierce throwed an old cold dusted ball cap on the dash. And I said, God, I'm yours. I surrender. And I give my life to you. That's the words I used. Now listen. Since that Tuesday morning, I wish I could stand here and tell you I've been good the whole time. But I haven't. Since that Tuesday morning, I'm not talking about before that Tuesday morning. Since that Tuesday morning, I wish I could tell you I've been faithful. And since that Tuesday morning, I wish I could tell you I hadn't run from God. I'm going to tell you, he told me I was going to be a pastor, and I took out. Even since that Tuesday morning, even though I got that relationship, and I've not been good, not been faithful, and still tried to run, he's still been good. He's still been faithful. And he still pursues me. When I run. Amen. With every breath that I'm able. I will sing. Of the goodness. And the faithfulness. Of God that comes running after. It comes running after me. Therefore. I lay my life down. I surrender now. I give you everything. Let's stand. I think there's probably some things that need to be laid down. I think there's some things that need to be given to God. And I think it ought to happen now. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you that when we're no good and we're not faithful and we're running, that you're good, you're faithful, and you run fast in your pursuit, you're persistent in your pursuit. So, Father, I ask this morning that we would live out this sermon and simply just bow to our knees in these altars and let you know how good you are to us. Father, with the crowd this size, I know somebody's needing to hear your voice. I love your voice. Somebody's in the fire. Come on now, somebody's in the fire. Somebody's in dark spot. That's when he's close like no other. You need to be saved, you come. You need to be helped, you come. You need somebody's mercy, you come. If you just flat need to come and thank him.
for his goodness and his faithfulness and his pursuit of you. Altars are open. We love you, Lord.